If you're with me in James 3, look to your Bible as I look to mine. We're going to read this and then we're going to pray. Everyone say with me, come near to God. Awesome. Look at what it says. Verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So you can see right there the Bible is not always uh, politically correct. Is that four? I am off by a chapter. Forgive me, guys. Everyone turn to chapter four now that I've confused you. That's why you can't trust the karaoke screen. One day it's going to say up there, take your pastor out the Red Lobster. And you just may do it unless you have a Bible in front of you. Okay, starting over again in the right chapter. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Now, you know you have to love God if you get excited about a scripture like that. I'm going to explain this scripture to you just over the next few moments about coming near to God. We are separated from God on this earth right now. And if you're going to be real smart, you're going to tie in the question to this lesson here. We are separated spiritually from God. None of us can touch God. We can't build a tower to go up to him, to be with him. So we're separated from him right now. We haven't seen him. We haven't had, uh, you know, arroz con candoles with him, a pizza with him. We're separated. Now, the Bible says the reason why we're separated is because of sin. And if we would get caught up right now and just say, well, it's Adam and Eve's fault, the moment we begin to talk about how they made the wrong choices, we then need to look at ourselves and see the choices that we've made. We've actually all chosen sin. If we all started off naked in that Garden of Eden, we would have become the same way that Adam and Eve were, dead in sin, separated from God. Now, did God always intend us to be separated from him? No. Adam and Eve walked and talked with God. They knew God. They knew him face to face. He is a spirit, but he has the image like a man, and we're made in that image. And, and they knew him, and they walked with him, the Bible says, in the cool of the day in the garden. But when sin came, it separated us. Now, here we are 6,000 years later, and people are looking for that reconnection. Spiritually, people want to reconnect with God. This is called religion. And this is today one of the most controversial things in our world, religion. You have different religions that are saying, here's how we connect to God. You have the prophet Muhammad of Islam saying, this is how you connect back to God, who we call Allah in Arabic. You pray five times a day towards Mecca. You abstain from certain foods. You give your uh, money to the poor. You take a, you know, a journey, the Hajj, as they call it in Arabic, to, to Mecca and, and visit the holy ground there. And that's how you reconnect to God. And one day... You'll see him and you'll be in paradise. Hindus are very similar to the Greek uh, mythological beliefs of, um, you know, as we would say, uh, pre-modern man. And Hindus today are still very popular. Hinduism is very popular in India. And that is everything is God. So, so this microphone is a part of God, this, this beam, and, and you and I, we're all a part of God. But then God manifests himself in these different beings. One of the gods that Hindus believe in is called Ganesh. He is half um, uh, elephant head, half man's body. He has the six arms, and he's kind of like sitting like this, and he's doing little wiggly wigglies, and he's got the elephant head, okay? Long story short about how he got that way 
is he was one day having an adulterous affair with another bunch of gods, and the man god find out that he, uh, the, the, uh, Ganesh was cheating with his god wife. Then he destroyed him, cut him in half, killed the little god Ganesh. The wife felt sorry for him and said, it wasn't all of his fault. Please let him live. So the god then said, I will let him live, but I'll only let him live in disgrace. So he took an elephant's head, put it on his body, and that is how Ganesh became the six-armed uh, uh, half-monkey man that he is. How many are happy today you're not in Hinduism? Amen? Get cut in half and become the monkey man or the uh, elephant man. And not to belittle that religion, but it's, it's a religion of philosophies and metaphorical stories, and there's, and there's a philosophy behind that story, and that's very popular today. Then you get into the uh, Judaic Christian religion, and that follows Abraham and these tribe, this nomadic tribe uh, of Israelites who come from Jacob, and, and they begin to have encounters with a God that they, say claim, they claim to come down on a mountain and write on stone their commandments. And they begin to circumcise and do all of these things, and then they believe that a Messiah would come and that becomes Christ, and the ones who don't believe that our Jesus or the Jesus is the Christ are still practicing Judaism today. And those who believe that Jesus is the Christ are Christians. Everybody with me? That's Islam, Christianity, Judaism. Right there, you're learning one of the greatest lessons of life. This is called religion. Now, the other one is Eastern philosophy. Buddha and people like him came from Hinduism, took a lot of the same beliefs that, that God is everywhere, but then depersonalized God. He's not, uh, you know, these beings or these manifestations of these different powers. He's just the force. He's like energy. And Buddha and people like him began to teach that you become one with that energy. And that state of becoming one with that energy is called nirvana. Everyone say nirvana. And so you connect back with God by, by quieting your mind, quieting your soul, uh, calming down your body, not letting your body take over. And in that place of, of quietness, perfect uh, emptiness, as they would say, thinking on nothing itself, just thinking on nothing, you then become in a place of nirvana. Now, of course, I've oversimplified all of the major religions of the world in just two minutes here. But are you all getting the point? Everybody say religion. This is coming to God. Now, I want you to think about what we're here today to study, Christianity. What makes us different? I mean, why not do what Hindus do? Why not do what Buddhists do? Why not do what Muslims do? And are they different? Can I go to God uh, the way of Muhammad? Can you go to God the way of Christ? And can someone else go to God the way of Buddha and it all be the same? Kind of like the old adage that all roads lead to heaven. Is that a true statement? Well, okay, thank you. Uh, but look at what James says. Now, if you want to know who James is, he's a very unique character. James is the brother of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus had brothers and sisters? Jude was his other brother. Do you know that for a long time the brothers of Jesus did not believe he was divine? Well, think about it. Would you believe that your brother was divine if he told you? If your brother or sister said, hey, I'm God, by the way, would you believe them? Well, he was not believed by his brothers. Now, let me tell you what happened with James. James was there at the crucifixion of Christ, and he actually claims to have seen the resurrected Christ. So James, who was once a Jew, was converted to Christianity, worshipped his own brother as God. Why? Was he convinced of uh, principles and metaphors? No, no, no. Was he just impressed with the miracles? No, he didn't worship him for that. He worshipped his own brother 
because he believed that Jesus rose from the dead, that he actually saw him. So what does Christianity do to distinguish itself from all of the other religions of the world? Watch this here. Religion says, this is my attempt to go to God. This is a prophet helping me get there. But Christianity says he came to us. He came in the form of a man, born of a virgin into a normal family, and yet he was divine. And he did not come just to impress us. He didn't come just to do neat things and tell us neat stories. He came to die the death we were supposed to die so that we could live the life we never could live. I want you to think about that. He came to die the death you were supposed to die. That was the death you and I were supposed to die because of all of our sins. In God's mind, that deserved punishment. So he died the death you were supposed to die so that you could live the life you couldn't live. Today I'm off of drugs. Today I'm happily married. And and those are great moral things. But even more than that, I talk to God. He talks to me. This life is beautiful. This eternal life actually brings me to a place of heaven, if the story is true. All of these things I never could do for myself. And that's the life that God has given me. He died the death I was supposed to die to give me the life I couldn't live. Are you all with me? Now James, a worshiper of Jesus, after the resurrection, becomes a great Christian leader, actually the leader of the church of Jerusalem. Some people think Peter was the first pope. The word pope is not even mentioned until the 6th century. That's 500 A.D. That's a myth, number one. Number two, James was the leader of the church. You can read that in the book of Acts. He then stood up even among Peter and the other disciples that had followed Jesus and said, I am going to bring this message to the world. And he became so radical that the other 12 disciples let him lead the church. Make the final decisions. Why do I think James was given such an important place? It's because no one could question the validity of his testimony. You see, you might be able to question Peter. Peter might have got duped into a cult. He might have started following a zealot teacher named Jesus. But for his own brother to say, he is God. I saw him raised from the dead and ascend to heaven in clouds. That testimony has some weight to it, doesn't it? Especially when you used to pick on them and not get along with them. That's what they were like. You see one time in the Bible where James and his brothers call out Jesus. They say, Jesus, if you're really a prophet, go to Jerusalem. Show yourself to the whole temple. And Jesus says, you're not of God. You don't know what you're doing. I don't follow your plan. You all remember that? That was his brothers picking on him. Remember, religion is us trying to go to God. Let's pray five times a day and hope that he hears us. Let's meditate on emptiness, and hopefully we'll find nirvana, and then when we die, we can become a part of the blissful universe. Let's do good to others as the Hindus believe, and let's keep getting reincarnated into different beings until finally we become a part of that great God. Let's wait for the Messiah, as the Jewish people say. Let us pray continually. Let us go to Jerusalem and build our temple and do sacrifices. That is religion. But what does Christianity say? I could do nothing. He came to me. And now what does he ask? Submit to him. Resist the devil, the one who's trying to tell us that he's not real, the one who's trying to bring us away from Christ. And it says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. I don't know how many different religions you have spoke with, but I've visited many. When we have our services and we describe it like this, I met with God, and he met with me. That separates us. My friend that worked right here as a Muslim, he would pray five times a day on his mat. He would close down his door. I said, hey, man, does God meet with you when you're down here doing all this? No, but I know when I get to heaven, I'll be rewarded for it. 
We are the only religion in the sense of that word religion, a belief in God, that says when we pray, He actually comes to us. We feel His presence. How many have felt the presence of God? You feel it in your soul. And some people would say, oh, that's just love. No, it's more than just the feeling of love. It's the presence of God. Now look at this. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Now watch these words that may seem harsh, but get the understanding. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Who is he talking to people? Well, who is he talking to? Who are the people here? These are people who don't believe in Jesus, but yet keep living in sin. Do you know that there's no religion that answers the question of evil? What happens to evil in Hinduism? Well, if you talk to Hindu, Hindus and to Buddhists, evil is just a, a state of mind. It's really not a thing. It doesn't have to be dealt with. And then you start putting them in weird positions. So rape and, and, and raising your child are the same. And they say, no, you know, it's yin and yang. It balances itself out. But really, what is evil? And they can't give you a definition. See, we as Christians know that rape is evil and that uh, raising your child is good is because we don't believe they're equal and they're opposite. We believe that the great God of heaven made us and that sin made this evil and it has to be dealt with. It has to be taken away from us. It's not always going to be here. And it always wasn't here. And the Bible is saying those of us who still want to do those things actually are sinners. And we're still living like Adam and Eve wanting to do our own thing. We're we're stealing when we shouldn't. We're lying when we shouldn't. We're lusting when we shouldn't. We're having sex when we shouldn't. And and all of this makes us double-minded. The religious person who says, I'm getting close to God. I'm praying. I'm meditating. I go to yoga classes. I'm studying the Bhagavad Gita. I'm getting close to God. No, James is saying, no, you're you're, you're really double-minded because you're still a sinner. Your evil has not been dealt with. You see, you would say, Joe, you're not perfect either. Yeah, but here, here's the difference. Jesus dealt with my evil. He died the death I was supposed to die so that I could live the life I could never live. You see the difference? He says, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Why? Because if you were today to die and you were to meet the God of the universe manifested through Jesus Christ, he would say to you, I don't know you. If you haven't come to him, In his name, accepting him. Not just his teachings. His teachings are great, though. I hope that people do unto others as they want done unto them. I hope that you don't steal, murder, and kill, and rape, and all that. And those are all his teachings. That's wonderful. But he wants more than you just to follow teachings. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you to come to him. And if you don't, the Bible says on that day there will be gloom and and mourning. So right now, change your laughter. Change this idea that one day I'll get to God and it will all be fine. No, come to him now and repent for the things you've done. And it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And the Lord there is a reference to Jesus. He is the one we humble ourselves to. Someone say, come near to God. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you today that because of Jesus... We can come near to you. That may not make a lot of sense to some people here because maybe they've taught, been taught or believe that we could come a lot of different ways. But you've actually taught that there's only one way. And that was through your son Jesus. And so today, Father God, we ask you to come into this place and to hear our cries of coming near to you. We're not earning anything. We're not trying to get your attention. You're already here. But Lord, we want to get close to you now. Get close to us. Jesus. I'm just going to play for the next few moments. 
We love to worship because that helps our hearts draw near to Him. But just right where you are right now, do you want to draw near to God? Just right where you are, if you do, just draw near to Him in the name of Jesus. Where does it start? It starts if you're a sinner, you come and say, Jesus, forgive me. I believe in more than just your teachings. I believe in you. That's what you're saying, is that he really did die that death. Josh, would you come up with your pick, please? I want you to think about that. If Jesus really did die and raise again from the dead,